Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. I'm Jay Kokorowski, and obviously senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com, your rivals.com destination for all things Wisconsin athletics on the recruiting trail inside Camp Randall Stadium. And, of course, on you know in the Kohl Center on the basketball court there. And, uh, you know, it's been busy. Don't mind me if I feel seem a little out of it. I know we have John McNamara, our editor, publisher, recruiting analyst extraordinaire on here too. It's been a busy day. If y'all have busy week for badgerblitz.com and even a couple weeks leading up to the early signing period that started on Wednesday and ends today. We're recording right at noon on a Friday. And John, man, we've got a lot of content up and you know, Wisconsin had 14 signees, but we had so much going on with the site. <laughs> and now uh, maybe a little bit of a breather up until the February signing period. Yeah, it felt more like one of the old uh, February signing periods where, you know, Wisconsin had Paul Christ available and the assistant coaches available. So um, it kind of doubled the uh, the content we were able to put out there. So that was that was good. And I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of good stuff said. And, um, you know, the availability was great in terms of getting, you know, a chance to talk to the assistant coaches who were out there recruiting these kids. And they have a very specific and unique take on, the guys that Wisconsin was able to sign. So it was, it was great to get a chance to talk to them and get their perspective. And um, yeah, it's been a busy stretch, a lot of content up at the site and um, a great time to, to sign up for a subscription if you haven't yet. And, you know, pour over the articles that we've put out over the last, you know, two or three days. Exactly. And, you know, Wisconsin 14 signees, let's, let's kind of break down this class real quick. And, you know, 14 signees, that includes Isaac Ham, the Sun Prairie product that announced on Wednesday evening, BadgerBlitz.com was there along with others. And go to our YouTube channel there. You'll see him pulling off that gray jacket, showing off the Wisconsin uh, 608 shirt in Cardinal Red. You also have, you know, a huge interview with him talking about his decision to commit. And then, you know, we have articles up about him. And so, you know, just kind of look at the current rankings at, for rivals right now. You know, this class, technically right now, 46th. According to our service in the nation, 12th out of the 14 teams in the Big Ten. The one thing to kind of preface this, you know, only 14 signees. I know Joe Brunner right now is the lone four-star candidate, uh, the four-star product right now for Wisconsin. Uh, I guess, John, you know, I know it comes off a huge, you know, 2021 class where, you know, a lot of four-star kids, 15th in the nation, you know, and, and for that matter, they had 21 signees for that period too. But just, I guess for fans that are listening, just what goes into the rankings and, and is it deceiving for this class based on the size of the class? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was something that, you know, we wrote about at the start. And like you talked about Jake, Wisconsin's coming off their best, their, I shouldn't say best, their highest ranked recruiting class, uh, you know, during the Rivals.com era, which took place, you know, last year in the 2021 group, which finished inside the top 25, which has never happened for Wisconsin before. So, you know, going into this year, this class is never going to get to that point simply because the numbers were limited. Um, and, you know, that w- that played a big factor into where you see Wisconsin right now. You know, they're, they're at 14 right now in a more traditional class, or I guess, in years past, they average, 
you know, in that 21 to 22 range in terms of scholarship guys they sign. So, you know, when you're down six or seven from where, where you are and where most of the other teams in the country are, you're just not going to be there in terms of the rankings. And, you know, you could argue that that's a big deal. You could argue that it's not a big deal. Um, it just, it is what it is in terms of how that's all factored in. So I think if you look a little bit deeper into it though, you know, per commit or per signing, I should say, Wisconsin actually grades out, you know, slightly above the, you know, the middle of the pack in the big 10. And again, coming off a class like last year, that's, that's not going to get Wisconsin fans fired up, but you know, the ranking where they are right now in the forties is probably not indicative of where they stand, you know, pound for pound in the country, just because like you said, they're only at 14 right now. Maybe they get to 15 by the the February period. Um, but again, that's not going to jump them up so high. So, you know, it, in the end, it doesn't really matter. You know, they only have so many scholarships that are available, but you know, this class really doesn't stack up to the previous three that Wisconsin was able to bring in. Right. And, you know, I guess for that matter, you know, and you know, this class too, you know, they missed out on Billy Shrouth, the St. Mary Springs product who signed with Notre Dame. And we talked about, and we'll probably talk about him a little later on, and some of the superlatives that uh, we'll, we'll lay out here, or I don't know if you want to call them that. I talked to, you know, I know a bunch of us have done that. You know, we had a round table about it, but I have some different ones uh, for this time around, but you know, it, I, in for that matter, you know, Carson Hinsman's still undecided uh, between Ohio state and Wisconsin. And he even put out a tweet saying that he's not deciding today, Friday. So his recruiting journey, his process will go, you know, now, into the winter uh, leading up to the February official national signing day. But yeah, you know, for that matter, you know, the class doesn't look star wise overly, you know, like as much, I guess you could say it's not huge in terms of like four star, you know, talent by rivals.com, but, but there are a lot of talent. I feel that will outplay their star rankings, uh, you know, and from what they got, especially I think from the state of Michigan for that matter, but I guess overall, just how should Badgers fans feel about this class? I think it's a solid group. You know, you talk about Joe Brunner. He's one of the top offensive linemen in the country. Um, you know, he's as skilled and, um, you know, as good of an offensive lineman that I've seen come out of the state, you know, since I've been doing this. Um, you know, you go to the other side of the ball. I really like, you know, guys like Austin Brown, the safety that they got from Illinois. You know, they beat up Brett Bielema for him, which really made him a top priority. Uh, Michigan and a handful of other schools. I like Avon Jones a lot, the defensive back uh, from Texas. He could play corner. I think he could play nickel. He could potentially even play safety if you need him to. So that kind of position versatility. I, I really like Isaac Ham. You know, he's a kid I've been able to see, I think, three or four times um, just because his last two seasons are kind of packed together. He played in the spring and then he played again in the fall here. Uh, you know, he's a big athletic and violent uh, uh, prospect off the edge there. And Wisconsin sees him as a guy, you know, maybe plays with his hand in the ground, maybe plays standing up. So I think they hit on some bigger guys on the defensive side of the ball in, compar- in comparison to the offense. So, you know, I guess as a, as a group, as a total here, as a whole, it's a pretty solid group. But again, I don't think they have that star, star power like they did in the previous recruiting cycles. You know, specifically last year when they signed a top 25 recruiting class. Right. And, you know, and last year too, I was looking back one five star and then I think it was eight other um, 
if I'm not mistaken, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, other four-star candidates. So, uh, you know, nine out of the 21 were four-stars or higher back into the 2021 class. Uh, and we'll see just how they they produce too. Obviously, once they get to the field, that's where star rankings don't matter. And, and I think fans should know that too. And uh, I, But I guess too, with that question about how I f- fans should feel about this class and, and you know, and, and this, I think fans, you know, there's some generational aspects to this too, right, John, where you and I both remember the the teams that were younger underneath, you know, a very young Barry Alvarez as a head coach where, you know, one in 10 in his first year, five and six, the next two before the Rose Bowls and, and, and the winning ways really started to churn and, and, you know, become precedent now. Uh, and there's a younger fan base too, where, I mean, I'm turning 38, in five days. And so there are much younger fans that have just known about this success and, and want to take, you know, see this go to the next level and, and compete, not just for a big 10 West title uh, or, you know, or, you know, just compete for a big 10 championship. But they want that college football championship talk yearly, uh, you know, and, and we've seen Wisconsin kind of be on that precipice of, you know, in 2017, 2019 uh, of taking out Ohio state to maybe claiming that to, you know, to, punch their ticket or be close to that talk for the college football playoff. And I guess within that, and there's a lot of factors and a lot of times recruiting can play that role where fans, you know, they look at the recruiting rankings and then you see who's going to the playoffs. And, you know, obviously you recruit the best talent, you develop them and they're, they're playing, you know, for those conference championships and, and playing for the, the playoff now, but should, I guess my question to you as I am long winded in this is should Wisconsin fans be worried about this class, about, you know, future trends within Wisconsin recruiting or this class, or, or do you feel this is just, you know, a year with just limited scholarships, the pandemic affecting, not just, you know, out of state recruits coming in, but in state recruits coming early to, to visit even last year. Just yeah. what is your take? Should fans be worried about the trends with the recruiting within Wisconsin right now? I'm certainly not worried about this class that they signed. I think this is, you know, maybe where you'd expect to be. You know, if you look back a handful of months ago, this is probably what you envisioned signing day looking like if, if you followed it real closely. Um, you know, my concern would lie in this 2023 class and beyond. Um, and, you know, I, you could spend a lot of time on this topic where, you know, Wisconsin's recruiting department, uh, you know, has operated for a long time with, you know, certainly not at full capacity. Um, you had Eric Johnson doing the bulk of the work uh, when Saeed Khalif left and Jensen Gebhardt left for, for Michigan State. So, you know, that that's what concerns me the most if you're a Wisconsin fan of, you know, the recruiting department operating for such a long period of time. And again, it didn't really affect this class. You know, a lot of those relationships were created prior to this. Um, you know, right when Saeed left, they were starting official visits. So, you know, they had strong connections with those assistant coaches. My thoughts are more towards, you know, recruiting beyond this cycle and what Paul Chris is going to do to fill those spots in the recruiting department. I know that he talked about this week, um, you know, not just filling a spot just for the sake of filling a spot. But look, the big time schools out there are operating with huge recruiting departments because it is such a vital part of a, of a football program. So, you know, I get his take on, you know, I'm not just going to put a guy there just to put a guy there, but look, I think they're operating with two people right now and it, it just has to, it has to be bigger than that. Like you, you have to put more resources into that. So I'm very curious to see how that plays out, um, you know, after the bowl game, 
you know, into January, you know, what additions they make, how big does that department grow and what those specific roles are going to look like. And again, you know, 2023 is going to look very different in comparison to 2022, because right now there's, there's not any, any in-state prospects from in that junior cycle who have an offer from Wisconsin. So they're not going to be able to turn to kids inside the state and necessarily get three or four or five or six kids from inside the state, at least from, from what it looks like right now. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of very interesting storylines, I think going into 2023, but you know, I'm not concerned about what they did in 2022 per se. Right. I think you were also referencing, um, yeah, talking about what Paul had, Chris had said regarding, I think it was the article that was, you know, I think multiple ones, athletic Wisconsin state journal, uh, Milwaukee Journal said no, they had a chance to talk with Paul before signing day. And that's where, you know, where Paul kind of talked, I think dove a little bit more in that. I guess kind of looking at the superlatives and John, in your eyes, you know, we'll go through this and we did that for folks that don't know, go to badgerblitz.com. There's so much content on there, but just, you know, sign, you know, look and search for, you know, a look at the 2022 class, Benjamin Morgel, John, myself, all looked in, we broke down, just a bunch of superlatives who could play early, the sleeper, the most underrated, you know, except top prospect. We, we kind of broke that down by our opinions, but I had a few other ones in terms of kind of breaking those down. Um, you know, and we'll start off, you know, not to start off negatively, but because I know I, I think our last top, you know, this start maybe might have a negative tone, but let's just get it out of the way. Uh, you know, in your eyes, what's the biggest miss from this class so far in this early signing period? You know, it's it's Billy Schroth. Um, I don't know if it's all that close either. You know, you can make a case for potentially some of the, you know, defensive tackles that Wisconsin was after. Maybe Kenneth Grant, um, who wound up at Michigan. I mean, that was a, a pretty significant blow for Wisconsin. You know, pairing Kenneth Grant with Curtis Neal in this class of defensive tackle looked very good uh, for the Badgers. But, you know, it's Schroth largely because he's an in-state kid. Um, so he signs with Notre Dame. Uh, you know, he was looking at Wisconsin, Notre Dame, you know, really through the bulk of his recruitment. Um, it was a very interesting one to to follow. Um, you know, was, Notre Dame got off to um, a, a significant lead in his recruitment. Then Wisconsin got him on campus uh, in the summer for his official visit. And it looked like at that time, Wisconsin gained the momentum and, and kind of nudged ahead of, of Notre Dame. I thought that he could commit early in the fall to Wisconsin. Uh, then he takes a handful of visits to both schools in the fall and you know things go right up until the very end with him um, and he signs a Notre Dame. So that to me is probably the biggest miss. Um, but again, it it's not at a position of, of huge need for the Badgers. So if, if there's one thing to take out of that, um, it's not as crippling to lose a guy like Schroth because you know you've addressed that position very well in the last handful of cycles. And it's a position that you anticipate that you'll be able to continue to recruit very well there as well. So um, if you want to do a, a glass half full there, which I don't think there is a glass half full scenario when you lose a kid from inside the state of Strauss, you know, ability and caliber, um, it's, it's at a position where you could probably shoulder that blow, you know, in comparison to if you lost a big time in-state receiver or big time in-state running back. So uh, the biggest miss for me is, is Billy Schroth, and it's probably not that close. Right. In my eyes, you know, I'm looking at, you know, since you took, you know, Billy there, I'm going to look at, you know, maybe the, as a position as a whole right now, where running back, where you don't have, a, you know, they had Nicholas Singleton up on campus that first weekend back, 
if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me just make sure I got that right. Yep. The weekend of June 4th, uh, along with a bunch of others, uh, you know, in this class, you know, it was a big recruiting weekend. Then he signed, you know, number five running back in the nation, number 110 player in the country overall for this 2022 class, according to rivals, eventually commits to Penn state, which you know, obviously Wisconsin and Penn state have had their recruiting battles and, you know, there have been a lot of them going towards happy Valley at times. Uh, but also even getting late into Jaden Ott, who, you know, committed to Cal again, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I thought he, I think he decommitted, right. And then he went back, uh, to, to Cal, but Wisconsin had him on an official visit this past, uh, you know, it was a year in, in the army game and, you know, seemed to be a contender, and whatnot, the number 14 running back in the nation, number two, 230 overall for this class. So you, you don't have that. You I mean, you could have someone like Cade Iacomelli, who's an athlete, state champion, seems well-built. Uh, Wisconsin designates him at, you know, six foot, 185 pounds, and he could do it all, it seems like, for, for Penn Trafford in Pennsylvania, winning, you know, a state title and also, play, you know, running the ball, passing the ball, or receiving the ball, and then what he's doing on defense and they don't even know where he'll wind up in terms of position group. But uh, I think, you know, with Wisconsin and the running back tradition, you know, and especially with the numbers with attrition going on that with this year with Jalen Berger and loyal Crawford and uh, you know, Antoine Roberts all now out of the program. And then you had some season ending injuries to Isaac Garendo to Ches Malusi to me, that's, you know, that, that, that's rough right there. And, you know, it would have been interesting to see if they could have gotten out late uh, and whatnot to see, but again, we'll see what happens down the road with obviously the rest of uh, the signing period leading up to February or what, what they yeah. can possibly do, even even the transfer portal. But um, I and guess that might, second, be, yeah. that might be Jake, the biggest mistake in this class. And it's, you know, it's, it's very easy to look in hindsight there, but, you know, as, as you got going in this recruiting cycle, you say, Hey, look, I just signed three or four. I don't know when Braylon Allen at the time when their decision-making process is there, but Hey, we just signed at least three, likely four running backs in this, uh, in this 2021 class. You know, we, we maybe just are trying to get a home run or nothing in this class with Nick Singleton. Um, I think it's just maybe a lesson that you learn here is that, you, you know, no matter what you have on paper, you have to get a scholarship quarterback in every class and you have to get a scholarship running back in every class. And, you know, from the way it looks right now, Wisconsin's not going to get that scholarship running back. Um, and it may, may come back to bite them. You know, you have Braylon Allen there and then a lot of question marks beyond him uh, heading into this spring. Right. And do you remember too, like, I mean, it seemed like they stopped, like you said, you mentioned that. I think even you and I talking about it where it seemed like, they didn't really recruit the the 2022 running backs. I mean, it seemed like they had offers and then did it tail off? Do you remember that? It did. Yeah. You know, it was, it's funny. You kind of go back and they offered, I think on a Friday and this is back when Saeed was there, Jensen was there. They offered five tailbacks, I think in the, in the 2021 class all on the same day. Um, and, you know, they were guys from all across the country. So you know, you going back to that, you're like, okay, they they definitely want a running back in this class, obviously, the way they're going after. And then you talk to kids, specifically, you know, Michael Allen comes to mind. I think he ended up signing with NC State, and 
Um, you know, they offered him and then a couple months later, it's like, Hey, I just haven't had that communication. And that was even going back to when John Suttle was there and it sounded like, Hey, we're, we're not recruiting a running back in this class, which seemed odd. And I think the focus then turned to kind of Nick Singleton or bust. We're saying, Hey, we feel good about our running back room right now. Nick Singleton is, is someone we've invested a lot of time into. We'll continue to do that. Um, and if we get him great, if not, I think we feel good about what we have. And um, obviously they don't have Singleton. They don't have Jade Knott, and they don't have a scholarship running back in this class. Um, I, I think it'd be really disappointing. And this is not a knock on Kate Yakamali, um, you know, who's, who's a, obviously went into Wisconsin's camp and earned his offer there. I think it'd be disappointing if you went and looked and said, hey, this is the running back that Wisconsin got in this group. I think he's better suited at either receiver or um, at safety. But it's at a position where Wisconsin feels like, hey, we can recruit with the best schools in the country to not come away with one. Um, it's just, it's, it's disappointing. And, you know, Gary Brown hasn't, uh, hasn't signed a running back yet, or hasn't got a commit from a running back yet, obviously just his first year on staff, but that's going to be an emphasis then going into this 2023 group of, you know, what can Gary Brown do on the recruiting front to help Wisconsin at that position? Then looking at, you know, looking at this class though, which player do you think will outplay their current ranking on rivals.com? For me, that's Tommy McIntosh, uh, the receiver from Michigan, someone that, you know, I think was affected by, you know, obviously all these kids were affected in their own way by this, the COVID year and not being able to play in certain capacities, not being able to camp places. Um, but, you know, he, he kind of blew up um, after his junior season in Wisconsin and a number of other schools were on him in the spring and into the summer. So he was a very heavily recruited kid out of Michigan. Um, right now we have him as a low three-star. I, I, I don't think that's, um, you know, an appropriate ranking for him and, you know, what he's done at the high school level, specifically as a senior, you know, you pop on the tape and you see a big time playmaker, uh, with size and speed and the ability to, uh, to catch the ball and kind of take the top off a of defense. So, um, I think in the end, and what I've written about is Wisconsin doesn't have a player like him at the receiver position, um, someone with with legit size and legit speed like McIntosh has. So, you know, he's my player um, from this group that's going to outplay his current recruiting ranking during his time uh, in Madison. You know, it was interesting talking to the resistance too on Wednesday, just about these players. And obviously they're supposed to like their players. I was talking to this on with uh, BJ DeGroote and, and Brian Butch, you know, this morning. And I think probably other places too, but you know, the co the coaches are, Obviously, they're going to be excited for the players that they sign and they recruit, or else they wouldn't recruit them. But you know, you talk to some of the guys, the coaches, more in depth. Uh, and to me, there are two that kind of stand out. Uh, one, I think, is Curtis Neal. I know I put him down for uh, one of the superlatives that we had in our roundtable talk, but I think you know he was a four-star recruit for for a bit, uh, a high you know Rivals two fifty prospect. Obviously, he has an ACL injury. He's a 5.7 rank rating right now, according to Rivals. And But I really feel, you know, you talked to Ross Kalaji about him and just what he can bring. And that we had that up on BadgerBlitz.com too. But just to give a smidge of what he said about Neil and, and what he can bring, you know, it's a it, this explosive get-off, violent at the point of attack. You know, Keanu Benton was talking about, you know, he's thinking about coming back. He told reporters that on Tuesday, uh, you know, I know I think Zach Halprin reported about Bryson Williams not coming back. 
for, for, you know, next season. So it, you know, I think Neil, I think has a chance to, you know, with his six, two ish, you know, I think Wisconsin listed him as uh six, two, three Oh five right now. Uh, you know, depending on what happens with Gio Piaz, I think it's going to be a big uh, spring for him. And I thought he looked really good there, but I think Curtis Neal has an opportunity in the next couple of years to really, you know, anchor himself on that line and, and make an impact too. I think another one is JT Seagreaves, uh, just that, you know, Mickey Turner really gushed about him when it came to just what he could do and just talked about having a four, six speed in the 40 yard dash, which talked to Mickey about it. And he said, you know, it, you know, it's something that those are kind of like NFL combine numbers. Uh, he's got the frame, height, weight, everything that carries well, and he's explosive. He referenced his basketball tape. So I think, you know, and he also referenced the intelligence of Seagreaves as well, where, you know, I think he mentioned the third Seagreaves had a 31 in the ACT. So one of those underrated recruits from in-state, uh, I think he has a chance to, and we'll see just obviously how he develops over time, but that could be a player that really could, you know, continue Wisconsin side end rate legacy, but also maybe take it to the next level with some of the athleticism too. Most heralded, this is going to be a little bit different. Wisconsin, you know, they signed 14 players, John, but they also inked seven walk-ons. And I know that there were more that I think declared in the past couple of weeks. Uh, I think Luna Larson's one of them, but he wasn't on the list. And then uh, Devin Magley, if I'm hopefully that's pronouncing it name right out of DeForest, uh, but they didn't, they were, their names weren't on the signed list as of Wednesday or as of even now, but in your eyes, which walk-on, and it's hard, always hard, but you know, what's the most heralded signed walk-on in this class out of the seven so far? Yeah, Luna Larson would have likely been my pick, but like you talked about, he was not announced um, on Wednesday, and um, you know, sometimes there are walk-ons that you know are committed um, they just don't get announced for for whatever reason. So there's nothing there that would think that that you know there's a, a roadblock there. I think it's just kind of a matter of time. So um, he likely would have been my pick, like I said. But you know, if we're going off of guys uh, that that did sign, um, probably Zach Glotteman. Um Got a little Tim Riggins in him. If you're a Friday Night Lights fan, if you if you get to see his picture and the colors from his high school, um, you know he <laughs> had a had a he had a handful of offers um, from division one schools and, you know, he wanted to walk on at Wisconsin and, you know, that's obviously a story that's been written on and uh, talked about quite a bit. And, um, you know, two-way player at the high school level, um, you know, he told me basically, Hey, when I camped, I was at linebacker and I also went over and worked with Gary Brown a little bit at fullback. Uh, the Badgers on Wednesday listed him at running back, which to me, means that he'll likely start a fullback. So, you know, from that group that signed, um, Glodeman would probably be my pick. But, um, you know, I don't want to steal any of your thunder here, Jake, if you want to talk about the other two. But Devin Magley, who decommitted from North Dakota on a full scholarship, um, I really like him. Um, I think he's going to come in and, and be someone who, you know, in a couple of years maybe we're talking about who's competing for time uh, at safety, maybe in the same you know, kind of uh, path that someone like John Torchio followed, you know, walking on and now um, a projected starter. Well, he's going to start in the bowl game for sure. And, you know, probably likely beyond that in that next season. Um, and then Luna Larson, I, you know, he is a guy who is kind of a fringe scholarship guy, you know, for, for a lot of this class, you, you thought that maybe he's a guy that could earn an offer at, at a full scholarship at linebacker. 
Wisconsin gets him as a walk-on, which I think is an absolute steal. So I really like those two guys. Um, Wisconsin just hasn't announced their signings quite yet. Right. And I think one, I think out of the announced signees, I think Jackson Trudgeon's interesting. He's listed as a safety. And as a preview, we're going to have an article up a little bit later today, folks. I'm sure this may be even published before we I get this up on the site uh, for the podcast. But, you know, Jim Leonard talked about him, just saying that he was at camp and flashed, uh, making you – know, Leonard referenced Trudgeon making both sides, you know, making plays on both sides of the ball and having athletic size, good speed, uh, you know, that type of stuff. And, you know, he said, you know, he fits the mold of some of the walk-ons who've come in here and had success. And for that matter, you know, Trudgeon, you know, his in, right now, 6'1", 175 is what Wisconsin listed him as. But some of the accolades he's had to AP first team all state selection. He was a finalist for the Altoon award, uh, which is part of the WSN uh, senior football awards, uh, which is given to the state's top senior wide receiver. He caught 50 passes for over 20 yards per catch of 1,060 in 15 touchdowns. He also ran for 377 yards and six touchdowns this past season for Edgewood, uh, which was a very successful program. And, you know, he'll start off on the, you know, defense, defensive side of the ball. And we've seen what Wisconsin can do with walk-on safeties. And, you know, we'll see that especially coming up for the, for the Las Vegas bowl where John Torchill like, you know, could be in line to start with Colin Wilder, not being available, obviously because of his injury, uh, the ligaments to his, his, you know, that are attached to his spine, uh, obviously being, you know, having an injury there and that'll cost him uh, his last game as a Badger. So Torch, you know, Torchill may have that opportunity there, uh, but it really, I think, you know, I think Wisconsin can develop those, you know, walk-ons in the defensive backfield pretty well uh, and we've seen that not just in those two examples but obviously Jim Leonard himself who uh, you know obviously before the huddle era and whatnot uh, really made you know obviously he stood out there Chris Maragos a transfer in uh, you know from from western Michigan too so uh, my eyes I think you know Joel Stelmacher for that matter so I think you know, Trudgeon could be really intriguing in that defensive backfield too. Uh, last question for you before we talk about who's to watch for in the February signing period. And there's obviously one big name there, but first, uh, is it too early to ask John what the first 2023 commit is or who is? Well, no, it's never too early. I mean, there's, there's always stuff going on and, you know, a lot of schools around the country have uh, a few kids committed in that 2023 class. Um, so when you ask a question like that, you know, who's going to be first in the class, you always look inside the state. Like we talked about earlier, there is not a prospect right now who has an offer from Wisconsin. And I believe there's only two prospects right now who have a division one scholarship offer from that 2023 in-state class. So, you know, there's really no one right now that I can point to and say, Hey, I think this guy is going to end up at Wisconsin, which is going to make it more challenging for the Badgers uh, you know, to fill out this 2023 recruiting class. So, you know, just because I'm talking about it right now doesn't mean that, you know, kids aren't going to emerge later in the process. You know, we we have a lot of time before summer camp. And then, you know, at, at summer camp, I think that's a great opportunity for guys to go in there and earn offers if, if they're going to do that. Um, I guess if I had to pick a guy right now, it would likely be Tyler Janzi. Um, he's a linebacker from Illinois. Um, older brother plays at Northwestern. Uh, Wisconsin's been able to get him on campus a handful of times. Um, I think once in the summer, twice in the fall. Um, 
you know, right now Wisconsin, I think, has a pretty significant lead in his recruitment. So, you know, if he's ready to to kind of wrap things up in the winter, even the spring, um, I think that's where he winds up. So if I were to make a prediction right now, um, it'd be Tyler Janzi, the linebacker from Illinois. Wrapping up this podcast, we're looking at, and I prefaced it earlier, who to watch for for the February 2022 signing period where, you know, it is the official I would say the you know, the the official national signing day. The big name, obviously, Carson Hinsman. We talked to him last weekend, uh, and he when he talked to us, John did not have a timeline in terms of when he would decide. He announced even last night via Twitter that he was not going to sign today. Uh, so uh, you know, take it. He's the big name to watch. The number one center in the nation obviously a top 100 recruit four-star prospect according to rivals.com. And it looks like it's between, you know, Ohio state and Wisconsin right now. Yeah. Wisconsin or Ohio state. And it's been that way for a while with him. Um, you know, a little surprised that he didn't get it done during the early period here, but then, you know, Jake, you had a chance to talk to him and, you know, from, from my conversations with him and my conversations with other people who are close to his recruitment, um, I, you know, you hear words like gut wrenching and just it, it, he's completely torn between these two schools. Um, and I, I, I could see why. And, you know, he he elected not to sign now because he's, he's still working on that decision. And, um, you know, his next opportunity now is going to be in that February period, which, you know, just a handful of years ago, that was the more traditional period. So now he's going to have another handful of weeks. Uh, to to kind of sort through things and, and try to make his decision. You know, I wrote on our message board, um, I think this is good for Wisconsin uh, because I thought that if he did sign during the early period, it would have been with Ohio State. So um, we shall see how this plays out. It's going to be interesting to follow. Um, he'll be playing in the Big Ten. Uh, he just has to figure out what school it's going to be. Yeah, you look at his tweet, John, and it, I mean, from last night, and it said, sorry for the confusion. I will not be signing tomorrow as the schools I'm so fortunate to be deciding from are so incredible that it's making my decision extremely tough. I'm going to need just a little bit more time. Thank you. Like that's, you know, that's, that's saying, you know, I mean, and like I said, even I remember I was on the red zone podcast with, with Colton Bartholomew from the Wisconsin state journal yesterday. And I read verbatim what he told us where, you know, he didn't have a set timeline. He couldn't, he wasn't sure when he was going to decide to one commit or two, just sign, you know, sign and do it all at once. So um, it will be interesting, you know, his recruitment journey, his recruiting process will be one to watch. Any others would you say right now, besides Hinsman uh, going into the February signing period and everything, all the, you know, what could be. Yeah. You know, Wisconsin has scholarships to work with. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I thought they were at 79 or potentially 80 um, right after uh, Isaac, uh, Ham signed. So obviously that number fluctuates constantly. There could be attrition on the current roster, but um, should they want to use some scholarships on, you know, the, I don't want leftovers is certainly not the right word, but I think they will reevaluate the recruiting board and say, okay, here are the group of players and that did not sign during the early period. Do our, are any of them fits for us? And, you know, that's not exclusive to Wisconsin. Every school in the country is going to be doing that, but you know, if there's a running back that they feel like they could add uh, that did not sign during the early period, will they evaluate, you know, that group of players? Um, there's probably other positions too, you know, defensive tackle. Um, I, you know, you go, you go back to what Saeed Khalif said, 
and obviously he's not on staff anymore. But, you know, you, anytime you can find a big body like that that can move, you're always interested, you know, no matter what your roster looks like. So um, I really do think the attention is obviously on Hinsman. Um, but it would not surprise me if a name or two, you know, showed up on Wisconsin's radar, if it was the right fit at the right position and, and they made a, you know, a pitch towards that player or extended the scholarship to that guy in hopes that they could get him uh, in February because they do have the scholarships to work with. And then obviously the transfer portal. Um, I, I think Wisconsin can and will be active there um, as they should, because, you know, that's just the way college football is right now where, you have to be active in the transfer portal. Um, it's it's just it's the reality of the game today, and you know Wisconsin is adjusted to that. And I think you know you could see a transfer to come in and maybe a wide receiver, maybe a tight end, um, maybe somewhere on the defensive side of the ball. If if Wisconsin loses both Sanborn, which they will, and Leo Chanel at middle linebacker, which I anticipate they will. So um, they like I said, they have scholarships to play with. They could take uh, advantage of you know, the pool of players available in the 2022 class that did not sign and then potentially look at the transfer portal as well. Yeah. The Chanel thing you mentioned, I'm, you know, I know you're saying you're anticipating, I'm, I'm wondering about that where, you know, in terms of his frame, I mean, that's going to be a really intriguing thing. I mean, he's a, all the all American nods there. He's the big tens, you know, linebacker of the year. You know, I do wonder what, you know, and he said he didn't, he told reporters this week, that he was still undecided, you know, he's focused on the bowl game, wants to send the seniors out the right way and, and whatnot. But, you know, it will be interesting to see just how he fares. Obviously he stuffs the run and he can get after the quarterback, but you know, his pass coverage and he even admitted that, you know, a question was asked about his pass coverage and he admitted that, you know, it, it wasn't great this year, uh, it, basically in his words, but I, I do wonder what you know like how much that fares at the linebacker position for the next level where you know you've seen guys on the edge for wisconsin right john go you know joe schobert is now not playing on the edge in the nfl he's playing at line but you know a certain linebacker i mean tj watts on the edge you know vince beagle is but you've seen zach bond kind of you know for the saints i believe i'm not mistaken going more towards like a, a you know a, a inside i want to say inside linebacker but just like like a uh a four, three type linebacker like Schobert has. So uh, it will be interesting to see just, you know, what information he gets back about his skill sets and if he, what he needs to improve on and, uh, and where he needs to go. And if that, you know, goes like, you know, for me, I'm not sure, you know, where he'll go on that, but it, you know, well, you can't, you can't, were, uh, if this yeah. were like 1995, he might be a top 10 pick in the NFL. Absolutely. Just, uh, you know, you know, if, if it's in front of him, he's going to clean it up. Um, but, you know, the game is just different now. So, I, yeah, I have, I have those same question marks, too. I, I get the feeling that he's gone, but that is certainly not set in stone. And, you know, if, if you come back and you're like, hey, I got a grade of a, a fifth round or a sixth round, then, yeah, you go back like Sanborn did and you say, I, I, I need to improve in this department and hopefully put it on tape and improve where my standing is. But um, I, I guess if I had to say today, based on no inside information, I, I'd say that he's gone. That, that'll be one to watch and you know john what do we got coming up for for the weeks ahead and, and whatnot i know that i have a kind of behind the scenes coming up by the weekend on national signing day graphics going up uh, about how wisconsin created their ea sports like graphics and it's gonna be a real fun uh talk about how just a bunch of people came together to make that happen uh we'll have plenty more talk about bull prep standouts and etc but what else we got going on yeah starting uh probably sunday 
think we're going to do our positional recruit snapshots of, of the 2023 class. Um, I think we're, you know, wrapping things up in 2022 here and then, you know, turning our focus on the 2023. So those recruiting snapshots will run, you know, through the remainder of December. Um, I'm going to plan on getting out to see some of our basketball targets here from inside the state. Um, you know, kids from Pewaukee, kids from Wisconsin Lutheran, um, a couple other high schools I like to get out and see of guys that Greg Gardon has on his recruiting radar. And obviously the holiday break is a good time to do that. There's a lot of basketball being played. And obviously, you know, there's a bowl game too, somewhere buried in this month, later in the month against Arizona <laughs> State. So, um, you know, we'll obviously we'll have coverage from that, our uh, Arizona State site and the Rivals Network. So um, it's obviously, you know, everyone gets a chance to kind of catch their breath here, but uh, the rest of the month is going to be action packed as well. Um, we'll have plenty up on the site, you know, for the remainder of the month. And obviously beyond that, as we get to 2022. Excellent folks, make sure you guys, of course, like this follow, submit or subscribe to this podcast. Uh, for us, uh, make sure you follow John on rivals, um, Twitter at McNamara rivals, me at J Coco K O C O. And of course, Badger underscore blitz for Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers on badgerblitz.com. Again, find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, Am Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Google, etc. A lot more coming up. We'll have another episode next week, uh, you know, before the holiday, uh, as y'all are traveling. So stay tuned for that coming up next week. Thanks again for listening. This is for John McNamara. This is Jay Kokorowski once again on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media.